Everybody got Genesis 16, verse 1? God's word says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant, and may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. So as we've been reading through Genesis and going through our study, uh, we've been seeing just how God has arranged things in order to fulfill His promises. Adam and Eve sinned, but there was a promise in Genesis 3 that God will provide a seed, an offspring, that will come and defeat Satan, have conquered sin because we had been separated from God. We see that no matter what God does, though, and shows His power, His faithfulness, His mercy, humanity continues to sin, continues to rebel, continues to go against God and separate themselves from God. It gets to a point where they start making up sin. They start creating new ways to sin. Despite seeing the miraculous and mighty power of God. But none of this has been enough to stop God's plan. Uh, God continues to be faithful, and He continues to make the plan that He has in place to bring a Savior, a Redeemer, come to fruition. Now, here in this chapter, we're going to be reading and studying about how impatience causes sin. And that's going to be the title for our lesson this morning. If, we, uh, if you guys remember, we came and we met Abram, right? We were introduced to Abram. Who was Abram? Abram was a man that, by all appearances, was wealthy, was well off, had come from a big family. But he was a moon worshiper, a pagan, someone that did not serve God, someone that, by other means, hated God. But we are shown and introduced that God chose Abram and called him to be the father of Israel. There's nothing particular that was given to us as a reason of why God chose Abram, just that God wanted to choose Abram. So he was going to be the father of Israel, which is also known a, as a patriarch, right? Uh, I'm sure you've heard Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, these are the patriarchs are of the people of Israel. Called them along with his wife, Sarai. The biggest obstacle to this, though, the promise God gave them of having many, uh, a big nation was that it was going to come through his wife, Sarai. But she was barren. She was unable to have children. So Abram, 
in his faith of God, still believed and followed God that that was going to happen. But we come to chapter 16 and we see a much different story, right? We see that impatience began to sit on Sarai and Abram. God uses Abram so that he can learn to trust God in everything and not rely on his own abilities or his own understanding. By uh, many times you'll hear in school, right, that ancient civilizations weren't as advanced. They didn't know that much. They were very ignorant. But as you can see in, through Scripture, these civilizations were very advanced. These people were very knowledgeable. And so they understood what it meant for a woman to be barren. They, they knew that she couldn't have babies. And so Abram could have very easily relied on that information, doubted God, or maybe just not believed. And we're going to see that not, that not necessarily that Abram not believed, but he became impatient, and so did Sarai. Can you imagine how strong the faith would have to be of Abram to believe that his barren wife would be the one to have children to create a great nation? Oh, not, maybe none of you in here may have to deal with that, but how about how strong is your faith today to obey and trust God that he will keep his promises to you? A lot of times we may not deal with such a big problem as Abram and Sarai, but we face issues in our life that will demand of us to trust God with all that we have. Growing up as children, our, pro our parents make us promises or they tell us they're going to take something. My wife and I have learned that if we're going to go do something really fun, we can't tell the daughters until the morning of. If not, we won't hear the end of it for weeks on end. One time we made the mistake of telling Abby about three weeks early that we're going to go do something incredibly fun. We're going to go visit friends. That's what it was. And for every day, several times a day for three weeks, are we going tomorrow? Are we going today? When are we going to go? And it was on and on and on. So my wife and I made a deal. When there's something really fun, we won't tell the girls until the night before or the day of. Not because we want to hide things from her or anything like that, but it's just we don't want to hear it 700 times before we go. But that's a really good example of how children don't have much patience, right? You tell them something and it was just like constant today, 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 today. Now, my daughter, thank God, she's 10. She's older now. She understands the patience a little bit better. My little four-year-old, no idea what that means. So Abram is being tested by God and given this huge promise. Your wife will have a son. As we read in this chapter, it's been 10 years since that promise was made and yet no son. So what do Abram and Sarai do? Are they able to trust God and keep waiting? Abram learned a painful, painful lesson that it is sinful to doubt God. And when we do, it brings sin. So this morning we'll see two dynamics in our relationship with God.
so that we know how to respond when we fail, because we all do at one point or another in our Christian life. But not just that, but how God responds when we fail Him. And so one of the first dynamics or truths that we need to understand is that sin causes you pain. So that will be our first point for this morning. Sin causes you pain. And sin many times occurs because we are impatient. We know the right thing to do. We've been told what the right thing to do. We've been told that some things we have to wait for. And yet we become impatient. And we see this at the beginning of chapter 16. Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. That is a fact. It is a truth that is telling us. Ten years and no children. And now we see the impatience of trying to make our own plans. So there was an Egyptian servant woman whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, Now behold, Yahweh has shut my womb from bearing children. Please go into my servant woman. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And right up to this point, no sin has been committed because it was an idea that Sarai brought to Abram. Now we see the desperation. We see already the impatience of Sarai. There's no children for me yet. Maybe you can have it with this woman. But here's where Abram made the big mistake. He said, and Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. That means he did what she said. It's easy to see where it's going wrong. Sarai knows the plan of God. God's revealed the plan to her. Abram knows the plan. God's revealed the plan to Abram. But now they're trying to make it work somehow or another. Their impatience and doubt are the enemies of faith. God has already spoken. It's been 10 years. So it's easy for any of us. Have any of you been waiting 10 years for something? Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. But waiting 10 years for a promise, that's a long time. But when it's God who's made the promise, time is not an issue because if God promised, then it was going to happen. And that's the kind of faith we ought to have. We're encouraged throughout Scripture consistently to wait on the Lord. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Another is Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and His word I hope. Lamentations 3.25 The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. And you can find many more. I did a search and I got at least 25-30 verses that talk about waiting on the Lord. You see, for us, patience is, or I should say impatience, is our enemy. Especially in the society and the world that you guys are growing up in, being patient is even harder than before. I grew up in a time, we still didn't have full access to internet. Our internet came on a CD, 
Yes. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was 18. So for me, having access to the world was very difficult. Finding out the news, right? Figuring out where can I watch the Longhorns? That was a lot harder than just a Google search. Had to have magazines that had the TV schedule on it, right? So we lived in a world, and yet I still remember being very impatient, people being very impatient. Now we live in a society where everything's quick, everything's fast. You don't have to wait for anything. Right now, you guys could be so hungry that you order Grubhub and it'll be in the front of the church in 30 minutes. You don't have to wait for service to be over to have your lunch. So patience is not something that's practiced very much in today's society, but yet it's something that God expects from us as believers. We see impatience throughout all our life. There may be something right now in your heart, in your mind, that is causing you impatience. Something that you cannot wait for the right time. Something that you cannot wait for God to provide for. And you're going to be like Sarai and try to make it happen your own way. Don't listen to the voice of people that are trying to get you to do things outside of how God has instructed to do it. Sarah, Abram's mistake listened to the voice of Sarai. God had already spoken. He had to just listen to God's voice and be a good husband and lead his wife and remind his wife of the promises that God had made. But he didn't. He failed as a husband. He failed as a man. Most importantly, he failed God in not obeying him. Verse 3, And after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarai took Hagar to the Egyptian, her servant woman, and gave her to her husband Abram as his wife. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. Then she saw that she had conceived, so her mistress became contemptible in her sight. So impatience brings pain, and most times we sin because we are impatient. And the sin, the pain that sin causes in our life, Sometimes, by the grace of God, it's just temporary. But in other cases, it has a long-lasting effect. In this case, the sin that Abram committed by being impatient and impregnating another woman that was not Sarai, trying to make the plan happen, well, we see those consequences still to this day. The descendants of Ishmael continue to bring on pain to the descendants of Isaac. There is contempt and there is fighting in the Middle East because of this decision. 
Sin causes great pain. It'll be very tempting for us, all of us. It's tempting for all of us, but especially you that are growing up, just immersed in this culture of instant gratification to not exercise patience. For us, God is not showing up right next to us and being, hey, I'm God, listen to me. But we have His Word and we have His instructions. We have what it is that He expects from us in the Bible. We're talking about God's will in the senior book study and how His will for us is revealed in Scripture. It has literally says God's will for you is. We need to study the word. We need to love it. But most importantly, we need to be patient. One of the greatest sins that is being uh, placed upon you and, and just, just shouted out and made very, very obvious is sexual sin. God has designed a way for us to not fall into sexual sin, to prevent it, and that is through marriage between a man and a woman. One man, one woman. But because of impatience, many go and try to satisfy this need outside of God's plan. Abram made the same mistake. Sarai made the same mistake. The same sin. God has said through Sarai, through you, a son would be born. And they got impatient. And so not only does that bring the sin, but now it created chaos in the family. Created chaos in the midst of them because now Hagar had contempt towards Sarai. Despised her. And Sarai was very angry and treated Hagar harshly. None of this is how God commands us to behave. God commands us to treat others. But the sin brings this pain upon all of us. And you can think too in your life where sin has brought pain. And see, God is not a God that says, this is sin, abstain from it, don't do it, just because He wants to control us or He have no fun. It's because He knows the consequences of sin. And He knows the pain that sin brings. And He makes a way for us to avoid sin. All this issue, all this problem, all this hostility in the family could have been avoided had Abram and Sarai obeyed. And been patient. Had Abram been a man that leads his family, as Ephesians 5, 22 through 33 talks about how a man ought to behave and treat his wife, all this would have been avoided. But sin, when we rebel against God, we're saying, I can do it better than what God told me to do it. And let me tell you, students, 100% of the time you're doing it your way, 
instead of God's way will result in sin and in pain. God is wise and he establishes his ways for us to follow in because that is the best path. So now we can think Abram, Sarai, they sinned, they disobeyed God, they rebelled against God, tried to do things their own way. Now they've created this huge, big mess. So now God is going to cut them off. He's going to go pick somebody else. No redemption, no forgiveness. Game over, correct? No. Because despite our sinful nature, despite our rebellion, despite of our obedience, God continues to be faithful. There's a promise that he made and that was going to come to life. Let us turn to Genesis 17. Verse 15. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. We continue to see God's faithfulness demonstrated to humanity by this. And that is our second point, is God is faithful. God remains faithful to His people to his word, to you and to me. Again, if we are in Christ, this faithfulness, this goodness can be had by you and I, can be enjoyed. Abraham followed God. Abraham left his sinful past his moon-worshipping people, God took him to a new land. We can even say that Abram obeyed well for 10 years. Maybe he was patient. And we can take that example from him, that, that great example of, of faith, of patience, of perseverance. See, our, our life, we don't know what that's going to look like. You don't know where you're going to be 10 years from now. You don't know where you're going to be 15 years from now. But there are things you can be doing today to exercise your faith, to practice faith in the Lord. One of those ways is being patient. To grow in knowledge and fear of the Lord. Do you respect your parents? Do you submit to them? Do you obey them? As Chance was preaching this morning, the fool doesn't like correction. Are you teachable? These are things that can affect and strengthen our faith in the Lord. And just like Abram, though, at times we can fall into severe sin. 
We can doubt God. We can forget His good ways. We can forget His promises and severely mess up. But for those that are in Christ, it is promised that God will be faithful. As 1 John states, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And we can see just as Abram's action to sin, we see also his action of when God comes and confronts him. God reiterates his promise to Abram and Sarai, gives her a new name, Sarah, which means princess, which is fitting because she will be the mother of many nations. Many kings will come from her. Most importantly, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, the Savior of humanity. There are still consequences for Abram and for Abram's sin, Abram's doubt and disobedience, but God is faithful to forgive. If we read verse 17, notice how Abraham's reaction was to when God came and reiterated the promise. It says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? Still with the doubt. God had just reiterated, Hey, this is going to happen. And Abram continues in doubt. And Abram said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. How many times do we not take God's promises serious? It can be tiring, and it, it could be gruesome sometimes, um, grueling, not gruesome, grueling to stay in the path that God has made. Being a Christian is not easy. Being sinful and rebellious and, and doing it your own way, that's the easy part. And even after God corrects, Abram doubts once more. And God once more demonstrates His faithfulness. Many times, many times we fall short. The promise was difficult for Abram to believe. He has, at this time, he's 86 years old. Sarah is, uh, uh, sorry, 70 Barren at that. 
and still continue to ask him to wait. It is important for us to see that things are going to happen in God's timing, not in our own timing. We see the mess that Abram created when he wanted to do it on his own timing. He even suggested again a better plan, right? God, I have a better plan. Look, Ishmael is here already. Why don't you just use him? And God said, no, that's not what I had promised. Your son Isaac will be the one that the promise comes through. And then out of grace, God decided to bless Ishmael as well. Continues to be faithful means God is trustworthy and doing exactly what he said he said he would do. At first, Abraham doubted. But in the end, Abraham responded in faith by obeying God's command. Again, he had to be reminded. Sometimes our faith wavers. Sometimes the doubt comes. And that's why it's so important for us to be under the word. Be surrounded by the word because we need to be reminded of God's promises. Many of you have been at church, in church for many, many years. Many of you have heard about Abraham and Sarah many, many times. But we need to be continuously reminded of God's promises. There is a Savior that God had promised would be here, would come to rescue us from sin. Do you believe that? Do you know and do you believe that you are able to live a life that a pattern is not of sin, but a pattern of holiness? God has promised to do that. He has promised to sanctify us, to, to save those that place their faith and trust in Jesus, His Son. You may not see it right now. You may be impatient. You may doubt, how can I live a life that its pattern is holiness and not sin? But just remember that God is faithful and He has promised to do that for you. You don't have to try to create your own way on how to be holy. How do I obey God? How do I make this happen for me? Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Are your plans aligned with God's word? Are your relationships aligned with God's word? Are your thoughts aligned with God's word? This is how you can exercise sin, uh, faith. This is how you can practice your faith in the Lord. Are you aligning yourself to God's word? Or do you find yourself doubting more than believing. The Bible doesn't present Abraham as a perfect person. 
But his example of faith is used to encourage all of us. It is possible that none of us will ever be faced with the demand that God gave him. I don't think any of us are going to be used to establish a new nation. Definitely not the Savior is not going to come from our bloodline. And so it's really hard for us to just imagine the weight upon Abraham. But all of us carry a weight of doubt. One way or another. Do I wait for God until I get married? Do I wait to serve God until I'm older? Do I wait to serve God until I know more? Do I wait to serve and obey God and follow Him until I have more friends? There's something that all of us have a doubt with. Something that we're impatient with. But as we see Abraham's example, when God called him and told him to go, he went. He obeyed. And God took care of the sanctification. God took care of making him righteous. Student, you don't have to wait until you got it figured out to follow God. Tomorrow is not promised. None of us are guaranteed to wake up tomorrow. You'll doubt, yes. Times I've had doubt in my life as well. Times many that I've been impatient. But God's way is always best. In chapter 18, we go and we see that not just Abraham doubted, but Sarah doubted as well. Hagar and Ishmael, that was not a good plan. Angels appeared in the form of three men to Abraham and Sarah. And there were great hosts to them. Continue to see the faithfulness of God reassuring the promises made to Sarah and Abraham. And you and I, we have the complete word of God. Where we continuously reminded of God's promises. Continuously reminded of His faithfulness and goodness. It is not necessary for three men to come, three angels to come as men to talk to us. It is not necessary for a burning bush. It's not necessary for a transfiguration. God's word has been revealed through his son, Jesus. But what is causing your doubt? What is causing your doubt? Analyze your heart. Pray. Pray. 
Do you believe what God says? Do you trust what He says? And will you follow as He says? Sarah laughed when she was reminded that she was going to give birth. Sarah was 90, barren, and she got the promise, the reminder that she was going to have a son. At the end of this chapter, the son's still not born. But we know and see a great attribute of God, which God is omnipotent. He is able to do just as he pleases. God is able to do any and all things that he pleases without any limitation, especially not from humans. He is able to transform your life. I was talking to this person this weekend, and I'll end with this. They were working in uh, child care, but for um, like a shelter. And just hearing this person talk uh, made me very sad, but at the same time, made me realize just how important it is to have God's word with us, in us. She was saying that these kids that were in the shelter were, were terrible kids, were problematic, were always fighting, uh, very disrespectful. And this is the one point where, I mean, I understand, I mean, kids shelter or not shelter, kids are going to be disrespectful, they're going to fight, they're going to be mean. Shelter or no shelter. But what she said is what really impacted me is there's just no hope for those kids. And, and it's coming from a person that professes to be a believer. And it just made me think, like, how can we say there's no hope for those kids when people like you and me are here? And we've been redeemed and we've been saved. And so I just made a, a, a quick comment because there's a history of heated arguments with this person that we try to talk too much about the Bible. Yeah, ironic, right? Professing believer doesn't like talking about the Bible. And so all I said is this is why it's so important that these kids be counseled biblically. Not much comment after that, but almost just a reiteration of there's just no hope. And you know, if somebody looked at our lives without Christ, they might make the same assumption. There's no hope. How can this person be transformed? How can this person stop being the way they are? But that's why, through God's faithfulness, you, me, even those children this person was talking about, we all have hope. 
because God is faithful. He's maintained his promise that a Savior was going to be born. Through Abraham, and it happened. Jesus was born to conquer sin and death so that people like you and me could have hope of a Savior. So that you and I can live a life of holiness, a life that honors God. So no, there is no one that is hopeless. There is no one that God cannot transform. If He can transform a moon worshiper and make him the father of Israel, He can transform you. He can transform me. There's no one that is outside of God's reach. What will you do with your doubt next time it comes? What will you do with your doubt this morning if you have some in your heart? Get deep in God's word. Read it. Meditate on it. Pray to the Lord that He will reveal Himself even more through His Word to you, that you have a better understanding of who God is. Abram had to be reminded. You and I have to be reminded. Remember that God is faithful. He promised to bring a Savior to this world, to reestablish a relationship between you and God. If you're not in Christ this morning, this faithfulness is not promised to you. This life of holiness is not promised to you. You will continue in darkness. You will continue in disobedience. The danger that occurs is that God will continue to give you over to your corrupt mind. Continue growing in rebellion. But if you humble yourself and you take God's reminder that you must repent from your sins, He's able to transform your life. He's able to save you. Place your faith and try and, and trust in Jesus Christ. You don't need to live your life trying to make things happen your way. Just trust God. Obey Him. Follow Him. And don't be discouraged when you doubt. That will happen. When you sin, feel conviction. Come and repent to the Lord. He will forgive you. God gives hope, and He is patient with us. We must come to Jesus for salvation. If you have, rest assured that God will continue to work in your life, continue to guide you. If you have not, today is a day that God has allowed for you to be here in order for you to be saved. Will you allow sin to continue causing pain in your life? 
or will you rely on God's faithfulness for your holiness? Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you because we have an example in Abram, in Abraham, Lord, of a man that was not perfect by any means, but still a man that you chose to create a great nation out of, to allow our Savior to be born from his family line. Lord, just as you chose Abram, you led him, you sanctified him, you even reminded him of your promises. Lord, you, Lord, you have chosen us. Anybody else could have looked at our life, counted us off, not worthy, no hope. But you looked down on our life and you gave us hope. A hope that can only be found through your son, Jesus. Lord, many times have we doubted, many times have we sinned. Many times have we tried to propose a better way in our eyes to you. And yet you have been so merciful to correct us and lead us down the right path. I pray for the students here this morning that there's still doubt in their heart. That are finding it difficult to trust you, to obey you, to follow you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict their hearts. That they will be humbled and turn to your son Jesus. That they will realize that there is no better way to live this life than it is to trust and obey your son. To love your word and to follow you. Lord, for those that are already in Christ, Lord, thank you for the salvation. And I pray that they will be continuously reminded that they can come to you quickly for repentance. That nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, love of God. Lord, thank you because we have this amazing hope in you through your son, Jesus. And it's only through him that we will see you one day in eternity. We thank you so much, Lord, for your word. I pray that the students, Lord, will have a great week as they return to school. Allow them to be a light in the darkness, that they will be a good influence on their friends and provide opportunities for them to share the gospel with others. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.